But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. I'm your host, Cody Ryan. I'm here with my co-host as always, Bobby Corbucker. How are you doing, Bobby? Uh, I'm doing really well, actually. It's been God, how long been has it been since it's been yeah. Our last episode was uh, with Tyler I am, right? I believe so. I don't know I don't think we had anything in between. What a great guest he was. He was an amazing guest. Fantastic guy. But uh yeah, since then, a couple uh, big changes in my life. First and foremost, I mean, the most important thing is uh, that I just beat Bloodborne. Yeah, that's definitely so, the most important. Yeah, so I beat Bloodborne. So, you know, I'm I'm a true gamer. I have grit. Uh, I'm very misogynistic now. I don't know anything that happened in the game or the story. Didn't I have no clue. I played Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and Bloodborne, and I couldn't tell you what's happening in any of them. No, not at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. And then the secondary thing, obviously, is that I uh, got engaged to my now fiance, Isabel, friend of the show. Wow. Uh, after hearing all of that, I mean, honestly, I have to remind you, we did actually record another episode, and it kind of talked, we talked about the capital instruction a little bit. Uh, that was in between. So that was last episode. Oh, shit. All yeah. right. Well, you know. Two two fantastic classic episodes, instant yeah. classics. Yeah, but yeah, act, like uh, three months ago, I texted my cousin group chat and I was like, you know, big life announcement. Uh, I I just beat Dark Souls, and my one cousin was like, that that's not what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, now that you say that, I totally get where you're coming from. Just wait like a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I do want to kind of like pull it back because obviously, you know, we've had a lot of episodes that have incorporated the pandemic. I don't think this episode necessarily is going to be influenced by that too much, but I mean, there's still things that played factors to the road that we got here. And obviously one of those factors is uh, obviously Bobby, you needed the money to buy the ring. Um, so I know that's been kind of, uh, something for you, but is there anything like else that you could think of like on your, uh, like, like from the time you thought I want to marry this girl to actually like getting, you know, this engagement down that really just like always dogged at you? Well, my initial plan was, um, that I wanted to get engaged, like right around our five year anniversary. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I had a whole plan with some of my friends from college to like use one friend's 30th birthday, say we're going out to a nice dinner for her 30th birthday. Like that would be the excuse to get dressed up and look nice for pictures and stuff. Yeah. Um, But I mean, that was when we were down in uh, Longport and we thought we'd be there for, you know, two, three weeks and ended up there for two months. And now we're a year into the pandemic and just now like really seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So that that messed with my plan a little bit. 
Um, but I mean, there are also things that helped like getting the stimulus checks. I put those straight in to savings. And I mean, that that's not like long-term savings It's savings for when I get the ring. So I did stimulate the economy a little bit by making uh, the purchase, but well, no, that doesn't some- make any sense, Bobby. You're telling me you were given money and you spent it. I know, right? What? No, 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 no. It's no, kind no, of no, fucked no. up. So it's a stimulus check, so it's supposed to stimulate the economy. But if you spend it, you're stupid. Because oh. that's what poor, dumb people with bad financial planning do. So you get the stimulus check. You're supposed to save it and not stimulate anything. You should have bought GameStop stock. I don't know. I should, have, I should have taken the dinner with Jay-Z. Yeah. But, you know, I needed that cash in my pocket. That's true. But, you know... In, in some ways, that means that the pandemic did actually help me. I, I got the stimulus check. In order to get the stimulus check, as I've talked about before, I had to file like two years of back taxes. So I got <laughs> yeah. I got those tax returns, which also went straight into savings. Bobby's not technically federally a criminal anymore. <laughs> not until uh, April when I... <laughs> Don't do it again? I think it's too late at this point to contact my... <laughs> My accountant. So yeah, I'll probably be a delinquent again. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I haven't started. Well, and file, I've got file your taxes on time is what you're gonna do. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's not the paying that's the problem. It's the, it's the filing. Um, they don't want you to avoid uh, telling them that you owe them a lot of money because they can't figure it out themselves. Anyway, back to your engagement. So do you want me to like kind of tell the story of what happened just for uh, the listeners that are believe that we're their best friends because they listen to us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, yeah. Uh, every six weeks when we record at this point. Yeah, I'm sure if we gain any <laughs> fans uh, from the Tyler episode, those were the exact people that said, I want to hear uh, these two dudes all the way back. Oh, wait, it's just the one dude. Oh, there's where the second dude comes in. Well, what episode was that? Okay, give me a second here. All right, found it. You know... We have a good uh, joie de vivre, so I think people are going to like it, even if they tune in for Tyler, who's not <laughs> on the episode. So what happened was, early in me and is dating, I uh, discovered that she, like everyone, really liked the song Just Like Heaven by The Cure. So I, while she was getting ready for us to go out to our uh, Valentine's Day dinner the day after Valentine's Day, I put a bottle of champagne and two glasses on the uh, little TV console, set up my laptop on a kitchen island to film me, and put the vitamin string quartet, like strength version of Just Like Heaven on a loop. And then I stood there listening to that on a loop for like <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> I had to delete so many video, like so much video of me just like standing there waiting for her to come out. Yeah. And then I knocked. I knocked on the bedroom door and I was like, is, are you like ready to go? She was like, Oh yeah, I'm just watching TikToks. <laughs> Can he come out of here? <laughs> and then I gave a little speech, um, which I filmed, but haven't sent to anyone. So I don't really know why I filmed it. And she said that she didn't uh, hear a word of the speech because she was just thinking, give me that ring. I need to see what the ring looks like. <laughs> so very, very cool that I uh, came up with a really nice touching thing to say. And then she didn't hear a word of it. I mean, it's it's a shock and a blackout when you have a big moment like that. So I, I'm sure 
the ring was on her mind, but uh, you know, in a moment so, like that, it's I I I think if I was the guy in the moment and I had a big speech, I'd probably be like, now this is I I'd be like, oh, I can't just take the ring, like. <laughs> That's my uh, one cousin that I'm really close with got engaged in July. And he said he had a whole speech planned out in his head. And he ended up just saying, because him and his fiance are both really into the Fast and Furious movies, he just ended up being like, uh, so you're like my ride or die, right? <laughs> yeah. And he just like gave her the ring. <laughs> that's cute. That's That's the moment you want. You want it to be something that's like, it's not romantic for the sense of you did it and fits in that, uh, you know, perfect movie that's going to be on Valentine's day where there's like 85 couples all with apparently the same communication problem. Um, and 40 of them are like bisexually cheating. I don't know why those movies exist, but, uh, you're not going to be like that. It's not going to be like this big speech that wins somebody back in the snow. It's, it's going to be those cute little moments that, is just your joke that people like. And I, I, I do want to jump in a little bit just to say this kind of reminds me, you know, I, I went to a wedding recently that I talked about. And, uh, you know, obviously, Bobby, you would have been there if COVID wasn't, um, you know, a problem, but it was our friend Cam. And um, they clearly did things that were, you know, would buck tradition, but made them laugh, smile, happy in such ways that, we all played and fell off of that and we're so happy for them and laughing as well that if I heard, you know, the a classic piano or organ playing, you know, here comes the bride, I might go to sleep, but her coming out to the final countdown makes everybody crack up, you know, like, and it's yeah. like, you might be like, that's cheesy, but it's like in the moment we just loved it. Like it was, it was perfect. You know, it, it was everything we wanted it to be for a wedding that, you know, it might not have had, you know, as many people as they wanted, but I didn't feel like we lost anything at all by not having those people from their love and a way to enjoy it. They just wanted to share it with more people. And that's what made it special. Yeah. Like that story I just told about my cousin, like if you met him and his fiance, like that was absolutely perfect for them because they're very laid back. Like I, I never even really knew if they were going to get engaged or if they're just going to be like, all right, here's I have ring money let's put it down on a house or something like that yeah. and I mean for for me I felt like making a nice little speech was representative of me because like I am a, a writer so like I'm good I mean it's very ironic right now the way I'm stumbling but I I'm good with words when I can you know you may work them out words. and get and get yeah I make good with the words but when I when I can like think about them and work them out and get them down on paper and stuff like I am good with that. So me making a nice little speech that I thought about a lot before is like in keeping with my personality and is not hearing it and just being like, <laughs> let me see the ring is in keeping with her personality. So that too was perfect. No, I, I definitely loved everything that you did. And like, you know, we can keep some of the more finer details just, to yourself because not everybody uh, is going to be moved by, you know, our, our little like friendship stuff. But I think you, you did an amazing job of uh, keeping the excitement and love alive during a pandemic. 
and obviously you did it around Valentine's Day, and I was joking with you before that um, is uh, completely made the most like um, distant age well tweet I ever seen in my life, um, and it was. Bobby just gave me the best Valentine's Day present and was watching Desperate Housewives with me. <laughs> she was telling your mom about that last night about how I'll like yell at the TV, Desperate Housewives on now, yeah. the way that I would at like sports. It's a fun show. Well, apparently is knew that it was coming because she never gets her nails done. So as soon as her mom was like, we should have a girl's day and get your hair blown out and get your nails done. She's like, okay, he's, he's going to propose. That's the only reason anyone would ever ask me to get my nails done. Fair enough, but, but 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 I didn't ruin the surprise. The surprise was ruined for her by someone else. So I'm yeah. in the clear. Yeah, and it's like I I remember I liked that that tweet, but I told other people like, don't you dare fucking like this tweet and like give it away somehow that we all fucking think this is funny. Um, but the next day after it happened, I was just like, oh really? That was the best gift you got? And it's like on second <laughs> thought. Uh, I, I'm wondering now if she. When she made that tweet, she knew the next day it would be canceled out by, you know, yeah. a very nice ring. Yeah, no, it's it's funny to think that, like, maybe she wasn't in the know then. And, of course, she wouldn't remember the tweet. But, uh, but you know, I, I like I told you before the show as well, I also have a way to make this about myself. But it's it's not related to the night. It's more related to the run-up of the, um, you know, you actually being able to say, you know, will you marry me? And uh, obviously this is pandemic related. And there was a point where I assumed that I had ruined Bobby's life. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. Well, this um, is about, since this is about me too, I'm very intently listening. Well, I don't think you'll be surprised <laughs> I was, once you... I was planning to zone out for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I don't think you'll be uh, very surprised once I say it. And it's your layoff. And uh, I'm the person who helped get a hand you getting the job. So you getting laid off. I was like, shit, you know, I took him away from this, you know, stable JP Morgan job that maybe wasn't, you know, the most exciting or whatever, but at least he had a job. And I brought him to something that was obviously a little bit more risky. Now, albeit none of us saw a pandemic coming. Like, it's not like you were fired for being like the dumbest person ever. You were uh, fired for existing during a pandemic. Um, and you were like very junior, but. I was fired for being a white man. Yeah. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Um, but, you know, it was just like, I, I remember when I heard I my, my stomach sunk. And I remember you had some pretty negative feelings. And you, you know, my my most, you know, dramatic is, you know, obviously, oh, you know, I'll say the the very, you know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the Ben Franklin Bridge and jump off. Uh, but yours was, you know, like, I'm a loser, like it should break up with me. And I remember feeling so horrible because it felt like it wasn't just a, a monetary hit to you, but it was also kind of like a psyche hit too. And I knew that, you know, not having a job that put all pauses on the idea that you could get engaged. And I knew that was something you were looking forward to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I talked about this before about how you guys and like all of our friends, anytime someone loses their job, we just, send them money to help them out. And for a while there, it just seemed like it was going to happen to everyone and we were going to all piss around the same like hundred bucks to each other. But if you, if you guys hadn't done that for me, I definitely would have had to dip in to my like engagement ring fund for, you know, rent and cost of living shit. And then, I mean, 
maybe then I can't get as nice of a ring or like if it had taken me longer to get a job, like I did say that to Isabel, like it, if you need to break up with me, cause I'm a fucking loser that can't keep a job. I totally get it. Um, but it ended up working out and, you know, our friends helped me through it. And our other friend like helped me get a new job at his company. And like, I'm doing really well now, but yeah, at the time I was like, damn, I have all this money, uh, saved up for an engagement ring. And, now I'm basically telling Isabel I'm a fucking loser and you should leave me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can laugh about it now. Yeah. At the time my heart was fucking beating out of my chest. And I was just like, okay, uh I guess my entire life that I've built here is completely falling apart. <laughs> well, I, I kinda carried around the skill. I told a few people and you know, they obviously told me like, How the hell could you control that? Don't worry about it. Like and, you know, obviously all the, the best intentions with that job, too, was that, like, it got you closer to your home. I mean, you were working in Delaware, but driving from Philly and, you know, it was more pay, a little, you know, more responsibility. But I was the one giving that hard sell of, like, yeah, that's why it's great. So I felt like a huge dick when you lost it. And I was like, you know, you can't just reverse that. But um, I knew who you were and I knew, like, what you were capable of. So I wasn't worried about that. It's just, like. In the pandemic, I couldn't guarantee anything. I was lucky that like all my shit happened early in the pandemic that I got a company that was even like, oh, we're not going to be affected by that. Like we just were looking for the best person and I was able to slot in. It's been an amazing fit for me. But, you know, if I gotten laid off, you know, at any other point in the pandemic, I could have been sitting there for months just the same because, you know, obviously not a lot of selection and there's definitely a little bit of, well, I just got screwed out of, uh, you know, my job because of capitalism. So I really would just want to take the first job I can get driving an hour away, making less money and just hating my life more. Do I want to wait and try to get a good job? At what point are you being stupid versus, uh, you know, being selective? Yeah. But I mean, you should now feel good because, <laughs> because you got me to take that job and it had like, you know, higher up title and stuff like that, that helped allow me to land on my feet afterwards. I do remember even saying. So you, so you should take, you, yeah, you did. Because we thought there was like two jobs that I would be up for. And I was like, maybe I'll just take the one with the lesser title and the same money. And you're like, no, take the title. Yeah. And you're right. Because I, I thought, and I, I said it to you, I said, even if it doesn't work here, no one can ever say he doesn't have this type of experience. And that's huge. And, um, yeah. you know, the job you have now, like, if you really like it and you're really good, it might never again matter what your title is. But to come out of a job that you couldn't hold for a year because of just things out of your hands, so people can't strike against you that, you know, like, oh, you, you're a job hopper, but they were obviously willing to take a chance on you, you know, at this higher title, it did, you know, it did make me feel better that I was like, I, I think this could work out for him. But there was a, just another part of me that was just like, you know, I, I don't even think if I like steered you to another job, I would have like necessarily felt better. Cause I, I wasn't a fan of that one, but <laughs> that was just me. Obviously I was safer, but like I am happier in hindsight, I guess 2020 I'm able to say, yes, I'm glad I pushed him to go for higher title, even if it meant layoff because now, 
everything feels more should it, as it should be. Yeah. And I do, I feel like a little guilty sometimes when I think about it, that with, I've, I mean, I have a couple of friends that have been out of work for like a year now yeah. or like almost a year. And I somehow ended up like in a better situation during this. And I don't, I don't know. It's not like s- survivor's guilt. Maybe it is. It's just so weird that this has fucked over so many people. And you read things like, do you remember a couple months ago, there was a, a jobs report that came out that was like, America's lost 155,000 jobs and yeah. 165,000 of them were women. Like men gained ten thousand jobs and women, yeah, <laughs> lost more than the, yeah. Like, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm like you know, it, I'm a, a white, I'm a white guy. I've, I've said this before that I kind of like white guyed my entire career, just like fell ass backwards into something better every time. Well, so it's like good. It's good for me, and there's really nothing I can do about it. But it, it's, it just feels weird. I don't know. It's kind of funny you bring it up because it's actually, uh, I, I mentioned this to you. I want to reach out to someone who talked at our work and see if they'd be interested in talking to us on the podcast. But what you're saying is accurate. But this was um, uh, a black woman who was analyzing uh, strictly the female workforce uh, because it's not only hard for females. It's, it's particularly hard if you're you know, in that cross section of your, uh, you know, person of color and transsexual or gay or person of color and a woman, you know, like it's, it's having two of those things that we're supposed to be progressing on and being tolerant of obviously hold people back. Um, so they were looking at just strictly black, Latino and white women and white women were hit just the same as everybody else was, but, you could see they weren't hit quite as hard, but you could still maybe explain away that a little bit. And then it was not, it was, there was no way to explain away other than racism. White women recovered almost completely to where they were before, where uh, Latinos and black hadn't done that. But there's also some nuances to that. The even person said that it's like, you know, it, it doesn't really, the stats don't tell at all, but I'm very curious to that person who looks at the stats and, you know, how, how it hurts for them to com- confirm some of the more the, the racist things. But it's like the, our friends who have lost their jobs, it doesn't matter what the stats are. It's just that they have been, you know, people that I've loved. And when we go to Adobe and we sing songs, they're there. And, um, you know, I haven't gotten to see them. I don't feel like I'm as connected to them anymore. And then I just get these one-off pieces and of everybody's life. And I just, it's always upsetting when you get even bad news about somebody because you know, you might not even hear about that person as much. It's kind of, it's kind of funny in this such a connected world. We feel way more disconnected. I feel like. Yeah. Well, in some ways there are people that I've gotten like closer to during this. Sure. But like, I haven't seen so many people in person. I haven't seen, my like two best friends in they were the last people that I like went out with to a bar before um, we like went down the shore and the shutdown happened. Yeah. And it's probably been like exactly a year today that I haven't seen them. Yeah. Today and is I'm, ominous that we're <laughs> recording. Cause I, I 
distinctly remember March 13th being that day. And, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I mean, if it's not a year ago to the day, it's a year ago, like close spiritually to the day. Cause it's this, cause it's the Saturday. Yeah. It's, it's that Saturday. And, um, but that, that's what makes it so kind of funny for me is because everything started going wrong. Like at the, at the same times, you know, pandemic, you know, lose a job. Uh, I caught Corona at a time that I had just lost the job. So I didn't have the health insurance and then the healthcare marketplace fucked up. So I didn't get any new health insurance. So I was like pretty bad as it is. And then the CDC at that time, they had me test. So they were like, don't even, don't even check that shit out, man. You're young enough. You're good. God. You'll get it. Like people kept asking, people kept asking me like, how the fuck do you know you had Corona? And I'm like, I don't know. What's concerning me is I was told to not go figure it out. <laughs> yeah. God. It's crazy how far we've come. Yeah. And it's just like, like back then we were completely fucked. It was like, honestly, it was like, don't get a test unless you're like really bad. Yeah. And now we're vaccinating like 3 million people a day and there's real light at the end of the tunnel. And like, I'm me and you, I think you're both going to be fully vaxxed. Yeah. With the two week afterwards period by like this time next month yeah i mean i i and i freaked out because uh like the other day i woke up and my my throat was really sore and i was like oh no did did i possibly catch it and i just ruined this and i just generally um get a sinus infection as soon as the weather changes which it very aggressively did this week from cold to spring um this is the first time i've missed having a car because i just want to drive around yeah it's shitty pop country like luke bryan yeah just like sing drunk on you (laughs) at the top of my lungs while i just drive around going nowhere yeah but like i I just want to fucking be thotty (laughs) wear a wear a dumb tank top listen to bad music on a lawn and (laughs) drink a large light beer eat hot chip charge your phone lie lie yeah lie and lie um but no it it was really this thing for for a while where i um was thinking about how like how despaired we were in april and then where we are now and to be like half vaccinated and i had this sore throat and i i thought you know oh my god this is such a big deal but it was just that i get sinus infections and uh i was that worried but the reality is even if i didn't you know like my friends are starting to get vaccinated and my, my girlfriend's got half her vaccine as well. Like, you know, it's like there is light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know how much a lot of these relationships will, you know, go back to the same way they were, but I think your engagement reminded me of something. And I do want to get kind of back onto that path because I had weddings that were uh, postponed um, weddings that happened in secret that are now um, going to be just celebrations the wedding that was uh, a wedding and a celebration later. So like, obviously people found their own way, but I had a lot that came up and I was asked to be in two different weddings. One already happened in December. The one I spoke about, or as a few of us. And then I have one in June. That's going to be a little bit weirder because I know I'll be safe. And a lot of the people there will probably be close to safe closer to safe or at least from the fact that a lot of us are safe you know at least in a better spot but it it's gonna have this moments of like should i be here like you know even though i know i'm safe and i can't give anybody anything like 
taking off a mask for a second, go, oh no, knowing you didn't do anything. It's going to be this really weird feeling of like, are we allowed to, to celebrate? And then I realized back to that small wedding that happened when we couldn't really get anybody there and we did it as safe as possible with as few people as possible. When it when it's love, man, and it's a celebration and it's fun, you will find the feeling and everybody's being so much smarter and safer. And I know my friends, they will be safe as can be to the end. And I kind of got like a little relaxed again. Like, you know, I think I actually am going to be able to enjoy things a little bit more. What I'm scared of is just that. Am I going to really operate day to day the same more? I'm like, I'm, I'm less worried about going to Bobby's wedding and having a great time. I'm more worried about, do I go to grocery stores as much because I just got so used to ordering in that I'm going to order GoPuff every day, every time I want to drink or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if like there'll be some sort of like acquired agoraphobia sort of like yeah. people just be so used to being scared. Like, God, how do I say this without sounding like a shithead? You know, back in like March and April and May when like, guys were like we can't like conservative guys were like we can't let the get let fear win yeah and shit like that i i have felt for the last couple months as though people are really focused on negative news yeah and just like look for any negative news and now there's tons of positive news about the vaccines and stuff like that and it's like hard for people to shift into accepting good news yeah because for a while there good news was probably not true and was from a, a bullshit source or it was like not studied correctly necessarily yeah. that you could actually say it was true. So I, I worry that people are like still gonna see good news and the fact that they like can start returning to normal kind of and not do it. Yeah. No, I, I think um, that's definitely true. I was walking around in South Philly today and I made a joke of like, is everybody here trying to be the last person to catch COVID? Because like, we're so close to the finish line, but I know y'all didn't get vaccines and I know that you're not all safe, but so many people walking around without masks on again. But Philly, you know, South Philly, there's a mix. I mean, I expect to see some people that are just like, don't give a shit. Usually guys like on the job too, like they don't care as much because obviously they have to breathe heavy, but I saw a lot more people today, this nice day where it's kind of being like the first time that people are really starting to feel like, man, this pandemic's coming to an end. It's not over. It's not even close. And um, it's close in regards to the sense of how far we've come. This is a year, but it's yeah. not next weekend. It's not the day I get my second vaccine. Everything's great. Throw all out, throw out all my masks. Like, no, I still can't get into stores. Even if I have my vaccine card waving in the wind, like, like it, I did say that, uh, even after I'm fully vaxxed, I'm probably still going to wear a mask for a while. Like pure, pure virtue signaling. Even if you can't spread it, which it seems like the CDC thinks that you really can't when you're fully vaxxed. Like I'm still going to wear a mask just to virtue signal that I'm not an asshole. Yeah, and I, I think I probably like, will too. And the, the nicer way of saying it is that I, I'll wear it to make other people feel more comfortable because it doesn't really cost me anything. I don't care about the mask, but I mean, but that's how we already again, that got is, here. That's just a nicer. That's just a nicer way of saying 
virtue signaling. But what you call virtue signaling is exactly what kept us from being safer in the first place, which I've already talked to to death and is baffling to me is that people don't take that like small chance that maybe they're wrong and, you know, Corona existed back to the people who are no maskers and they ran with that. You're a person who's saying I'm being extra safe and virtue signaling by having a mask on. Like, you know, I'll take you a thousand times out of a thousand because at least you're on the side of the fence that um, isn't radioactive waste. You know, like that's, that's what I really appreciate. And that's why when, you know, also you got engaged and then we, started getting good news i knew you caused it just kidding um but like we started getting good news it made me more excited to say wow i can celebrate with bobby and is potentially soon in a safe way that like i can see a lot of those old friends and stuff that i even still talk to but not seen i don't know if i've actually even seen you in the flesh in a long time no definitely i mean since we uh did the sword fighting yeah for Cam's, uh, the friend we were just talking about's bachelor party was we all went to this uh, sword fighting place in East East Falls, right? Yeah, and that was. In, but I mean, in that's the only time in a year that I've seen November, maybe anyone. Yeah, I think mid December. And I saw one friend right. on the street uh, in twenty twenty one randomly, and maybe another, but I don't know. Like of just like our yeah. group of friends, yeah, and it's not like. And the weird thing is, I, I I think now the funny the funnier part is when we were in April, we were like, oh my gosh, this is so much. In March, twenty twenty one, I'm like, oh, me not seeing friends, that's good. I've done well. Like I'm like proud of yeah. myself. And I yeah, I, you, you held out. Yeah, and it's 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 really worrying me that I'm going to do the same thing when we get to. Uh, you know, day to day again. And I do think there is a part of me that's just, I did start to hit that age at the same time in pandemic where I don't want to go out to the bars and drink anyway. That was already kind of true. I do with, you know, go out with my friends every once in a while, but I am definitely going to want to be a bit more of a homebody anyway, because like getting old, separated my clavicle. We talked about that. Like I'm breaking. I don't need to be moving around too much. I, I just fair enough. I just need I just like like even the Sixers, um I'm still a season ticket holder and they did a pre-sale for only the March games and I didn't get any tickets. And I was just like, I, I don't care. I would have never went to this. Like there's there's no way in my mind that I think there should be anybody in the Sixers stadium right now. But yeah, I'll profit off of it because fuck you guys. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. it's like I virtue signaled and I was a scumbag at the same time. But I was like, whatever. I don't. I don't have that capacity right now. Yeah, I have to run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. All right. So clearly, we're going to edit this part out. But I'll talk as if we were going to leave this part in, just in case I say something really insightful. Um, if I did steal the Declaration of Independence, I think the first thing I would do is actually carefully cut it in half, maybe even the fourth, uh, so I can separate the pieces. Um, I know some people consider this to be completely disgusting because it would be desecration of one of our most important pieces of history. I have to be careful because it is kind of made of dust uh, at this point. 
Um, I think it's just held together by collected pieces of dust that are uh, been there for years. But the thing is, the Liberty Bell's got a crack down it, and I think if I successfully steal Declaration of Independence, I cut it into four pieces and they recover it. That's like a whole new story. There'd be like a lot of Netflix documentaries on it, and that could stimulate the economy too, especially because Netflix is um, going to lose a lot of subscribers soon. And by subscribers, I mean people who aren't paying anyway, aka me. It's already cracked down on people with a multiple sign-ins. So, like, I don't really need Netflix. There's nothing particularly that good on there. I watched The Queen's Gambit already. That was pretty good. If you have someone's Netflix and they're going to kick you out soon, watch that. Um, this is not a sponsored uh, podcast. But I, I don't see a reason to buy Netflix for myself now. I mean, like, I watch Community sometimes, so maybe. But I think there's even phone services you can switch to they just give you netflix for free maybe i already get netflix for free from comcast i might actually i should look into that my bigger concern is i'm gonna lose all my lists and recommendations too like come on man i have to carry all that and start over from scratch it's just kind of bullshit and i really don't i don't really care that much but like put a lot of work into that netflix list and it's just really upsetting personally I think Bobby's coming back. You just vamping? You just vamping? I, um, just in case, uh, kept talking, uh, in case anything insightful came out. And, um, yeah, I think truly I might have hit on the crux of the problem here is that, um, Netflix just doesn't have any good, uh, content anymore. So why would I pay for it? And I think Xfinity gives it to me for free. Oh. There you go. You don't have to pay. For I it. started with something else, but I really don't remember. I may or may not have blacked out. We'll see if I remember to edit this part out either. Anyway, um, I think you were talking about how you had doubts about your engagement or something. I thought you were talking about the Sixers. Damn it. I was just trying to start, start drama. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't see a way I go back into the Sixers stadium. I don't see a way that um I don't see a way that I, I really feel comfortable even going to a Phillies tailgate unless everybody tells me they're vaccinated because I don't want to like even have the one person who isn't vaccinated say I caught COVID and they caught COVID maybe from some porta potty they shouldn't use, but to think I went home and go, yeah, I'm safe and happy and saw the Phillies, but now my friend's got COVID and what's going to happen? Like it's just, yeah. It's the thing with sports is weird because like now that Biden is the president, the we believe and are guided by science shit is just out the window. No one cares anymore. Yeah. It was just a talking point. So if cities and states are like letting things reopen, I have no idea if scientists say that's cool or not. And honestly, I'm I don't care enough to look into it because I'm probably not going anyway. Yeah, and I get- so like uh, if they if they say it's cool to do it, then like that then they've researched it and it is cool to do it. But I just have no idea if that's the case. I, I really, I think sports is probably, they found out probably worse. I, mean, I, I can't imagine doing something that opens up your pores is uh, a good idea right now with other people nearby, but that's me. Um, but I, I also am a little curious. Uh, do you think your timeline from engagement to wedding would change if pandemic wasn't happening? Or do you think that you'd probably uh, 
have the same date. No. So we want to do it in the fall, and we're not going to do it in fall 2021 because that's just too soon. Yeah. So it's so it's so far out that I don't think the timeline would change really. Yeah, I think yours is probably one that I wouldn't expect, but it, it obviously anybody who got caught in the pandemic already was kind of um, you know just victim of circumstance. But I wonder if you have, because I have seen at least one wedding get planned kind of on that cusp of pandemic ending now. But like they they got engaged in pandemic and then picked a date that was still like risky. Because I'm going to want in June and I Hmm. they they got engaged, I want to say, sometimes in the holiday area and picked June. And I was very taken aback because I felt like June was just still i mean i think now i'll have a vaccine and a good amount of people will but that still just seems like a very odd move for me i'm looking at the invitations on our fridge right now everything that we have is august and september yeah which might might have felt risky like two months ago when we felt like this might happen just go on forever but feels like very honestly that feels very safe to me at this point yeah and this will be an outside i'm honestly just gonna but I'm honestly just probably going to put like my fucking $1,400 stimulus check into savings because I'm going to have so many weddings in August and September that I just have to give gifts for. Yeah, I, I can't I'm even gonna be like, all right, put put that away. Uh, we have six weddings, so <laughs> this will cover that. I, I can't even remember how many weddings I have to go to just because. Well, and that's another thing. I don't even know what weddings I have to go to now because this opens up a whole new debate. Um, I had two people that went ahead and got married. So one was the one that I was at that was broadcast on Zoom, but they will do a, um, you know, a celebration wedding. I don't know if they'll do the whole celebration, but let's say they pick a date and it's a date of my friend's uh, first real, you know, wedding. I'm, of course, going to go to his. But let's say it's maybe something a little less close. And it's my friend who secretly did his whole wedding, got married. She wore the white dress, all that as well. But they didn't tell anybody except for the few people who are there. And they just picked the year later to do it again. I I really want to go to them. But what is the like, what is the threshold of conflict now for a makeup wedding for a couple that already got married? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, me, me and this friend's got married and uh they just had like the ceremony at their house in jersey and had 20 people me and his uh just drove by <laughs> and like pop, we got a zip car drove to jersey popped outside said hi to them talked to them for five minutes and then drove home but i mean they're they're supposed they said that they're gonna have like a bigger celebration thing but who knows like how many people will actually follow through on that yeah and spend the money on it rather than just like buying a house, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Which I, I think it's fair it's, either way. Uh, absolutely. What like what I don't want to do I, is I want to have a I want to have a big <laughs> wedding so bad. Like I I just love weddings, and I I I need I feel like I need to have a big one and a big celebration. So if I was like caught up in this and had to postpone it and just do a small thing like. I, I probably would just like kind of waste the money and have a second bigger one, but 
Yeah. I, don't, I wonder how this is going to like change everyone's shit with weddings going forward. Like, are more people just going to opt for small ceremony courthouse, save the money or are people going to be like, wow, that fucking sucks. We need to go really all out now because we can. Well, I, I was actually making a joke. How I was like, I don't want to buy two gifts, but the, one of the weddings, the secret one, I bought a gift for that already. They got it. Like they have that gift. Um, Cause I bought it off one of those Amazon registries that just sends it automatically. Um, and it's like, if I don't go to the, the second ceremony, that'll probably be because I have some kind of conflict and I don't feel like I'm entitled to say, you know, you owe me anything or anything like that. But what if like somebody had like, there, there's so many, like, I, I think a uh, funny, like alternative things that could happen of just people getting mad at each other. Of like, why didn't you get me a gift for my wedding? Oh, I already got you a gift or, Oh, I didn't think I had to get you a gift for this not real version of the wedding. And like this like dynamic of like, do, does anybody even owe anybody anything anymore? And you really have to ask the question. It's like, okay, well, if we're going to move these smaller weddings and maybe plates aren't necessarily as expensive because maybe we just even do celebrations our own homes and stuff like that. It's like, is this going to change the dynamic of even our gift giving? I want to say no. I think it's a big celebration that people still care about. And it's just, it's just going to mean something different to the people who had experienced it. I, I was thinking about that actually, when we went and just drove by our friend's wedding, I was like, usually the guideline is like, give them money that like covers your plate for the wedding. Yeah. But if you're, they have no plates cover, then I was just like, do we have, do, are we supposed to give less or do we just give the same amount? And that is just carries over or like, yeah. obviously we're like happy to give them, you know, a, a normal amount of money for a wedding gift. I was, I was just like going deep into it in my mind. Like, uh, well, if this isn't covering a plate, but no, but they have less people, so yeah. they're getting less money. No, it, it's it's definitely a weird thing, and I, I'm glad, at least for you, the engagement process, you know, is the the rings obviously the the number one of what you need to find. Where weddings come with vendors, locations, and I mean objects, even you know, cake, uh, dress, they're all you know very much in the, the loop but you you just have to hold this precious thing and i just want to talk to you about having a ring knowing it's your engagement ring and knowing you can't do it yet like what is that feeling like it's pretty wild so first of all the guy that i went to for my ring is a wholesaler in on jeweler's row but yeah i'm uh, nowhere near there never heard of it um, for for those who don't know, Cody is very close to that. Oh shit! Um, but but don't come kill him. I don't care. But is 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 his friend from college? Um, her parents have a lot of money, so they deal with this wholesaler guy, and they're like, "You uh, hook hook our uh, daughter's friend up." Her name's not really so, D. Yes, got it. So I went with Izzy's mom and he's like showing us different diamonds and he has like the forceps that uh jewelers use and he 
it's picking up like the emerald cut and it's flat. So it's hard to pick up and it's like yeah. bouncing around and going on the ground. And I was like, you just told me that thing costs like fucking $10,000. <laughs> how are you not, how are you not freaking out that this thing's bouncing around? But, um, I don't know. I guess if you're a wholesaler, you deal with a, a fucking ton of diamonds. So if one's just bouncing around and they are the, uh, like the hardest thing. Yeah. In existence, so I, as long as you don't fucking swallow it by accident, which I somehow worried I was going to. <laughs> that you specifically was, like, was going to swallow it by accident? Yeah. I was like, God, I hope this thing doesn't uh, bounce off the table and into my mouth and I swallow it. So. <laughs> but so I, I, I like fell in love with the one stone and he then had to uh, get a band and, you know, kind of put it together. And I picked it up the next week. And I walked home with it and I texted a picture to some of my friends and told my parents, like, the eagle has landed. And I was like, I can't believe that I can't ask her until Monday and it's Friday. My parents were like, just ask her tonight. Just go for it. <laughs> I was like, no, I have a whole plan. I have a whole thing that I'm going to do. They're like, just go for and it. That's, and that's and you like, no. being anxious and having a plan, sticking to it, giving a speech no one cares about. Um but I I don't but, I don't even know if I've seen the ring. But like when you went to the wholesaler, like did you like hold like the actual diamond itself, or did you just get the ring itself? Like did you? So he, I I told him like what what cuts I was looking for. You were looking for some cut gems. And he, yes, uncut dicks. I didn't. Say so that. I I I told him what cuts I was looking for, and he had like examples and. There, there was one that I just loved and he was showing us like bigger, more expensive ones. And I was like, no, I really like that one. And I, at the time I was worried that it was too small. And now that is very funny to me because it looks enormous on her finger. But I, I had this, you know, the most money that I've ever spent on anything at once. I just had it in a couple different places in the apartment. And I was like, I, I, I wanted, I want this to happen. I'm so anxious for it to happen, but I have to stick to the plan and wait until Monday. But all I can think about is that this fucking ring is like in my bedside table in my pocket. Like, yeah. And, and then I like cooked it, cooked Valentine's day dinner on Sunday. And Watching it was like nice. Desperate housewives. Just, yeah. But I was just like, God, I can't wait till tomorrow when I, do my little speech and I ask her to marry me and she says yes. And then we go to Barclay prime to eat. Like it's going to be an incredible night. And it was. Yeah. And I, I imagine, um, I don't know if at the time, but I, I do think you, you told me that you got uh, some new medicine for ADD. So I don't know if that p played any factor. Are you focusing on <laughs> the fact that you're going to get engaged? <laughs> That was that was after. Okay, I wasn't so sure, I, I but think that was, I think that was within the same week. So great week, week though. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about your big well, week. <laughs> so after I got engaged, I got a uh, prescription for Stratera, Ooh. which is a non-stimulant ADHD nice. medicine, and uh, it sucks. Great ass, awesome, bad. <laughs> I like I take it in the morning, and I'm like falling asleep by three o'clock. Dick don't work. Just bad times all around. When are you trying your dick? No, I mean, is is back in the office, so I'm home alone all day. Yeah, I have it. 
when the when the mood strikes. Wow. Welcome to the club. Notice I tried in like a decade. It's like the Hotel California in my pants. Anyway, uh, anything else new, Bobby? <laughs> hmm. Aside from the engagement and the ADHD medication and uh, beating Bloodborne, not really. Okay then. <laughs> what about you? Um, I've been drinking a record amount of caffeine. Not great. Not great. Uh, bad then. I mean, we'll we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll just shoot to the moon, which is great because the world might explode or something. But we don't need to get into that right now. Let's get into plugs. Bobby, what would you like to plug today? I actually do have something to plug. Great. I uh, there's a a big kerfuffle for a day after the uh, Golden Globes because Jason Sudeikis wore like a tie-dye hoodie and um, what's the girl's name from Mean Girls and Alpha Dog? Amanda Seyfried? Yeah. Got like dressed up really nice and some people got mad about it and I wrote uh, an article on my Medium at Class is Boring that was partially about that but mostly about how People have an instinct to seek equality by punishing people rather than by making things better for people. So it was about Jason Sudeikis and like how Amanda Seyfried shouldn't feel the need to get really dressed up for a fucking stupid Zoom award show. Yeah. But people thought that Jason Sudeikis should get dressed up. So it's like you're trying to make things worse for people. And then I, you know extrapolate from there and talked about uh, the capital rides and stuff like that. Well, no, that's great. And I, I think <laughs> I agree with the overall sentiment. And I also agree, even in context, like people are joking, oh, you know, uh, Jason Sudeikis just got um, left for Harry Styles by the most beautiful one in the world, but he had just gotten another like attractive girlfriend and people are like, okay, that's not it. It's like, well, actually, you know what, guys, he's at home. And you say you have to be online for this award show, and he decides to wear a sweatshirt that I believe is his sister's company, and uh, yeah. he's he's done it before. It's, like, and it's him. It's like like you're you're gonna be like upset that he can get away with doing that when it's literally like the first time that this has ever been done. It's the first like big Zoom award show. Yeah. Or is the code of conduct so codified already that by the first time? Everyone has to be perfect. I just felt like Adam Polly when he was uh, asked to be a presenter at the uh, the knockoff of the Webbies. <laughs> it was like a like an influencers one, and he just like actually makes fun of the whole like thing the whole time. He's just like, "What am I doing here? I'm 37." <laughs> like he's just completely engrossed in it. But uh, so yeah, definitely check out Bobby's article. Bobby, you have classes boring. Got anything else going on, or is that it these days? Um, that's it, really. Check out his wedding if you're a, invited. I have, yeah, I have a one week Twitter ban right now because I Check out told a guy that someone should kill him. So, well, that's just so that's it donates, fine. so he I, donates his land. Um, that's just, yeah, I mean, that's that's well deserved. I, I can't be upset about it. Um, I, I do think it would be funny if someone was like, Twitter banned Bobby just for saying someone should kill a guy, but they still let Nazis on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll just plug uh, twitch.tv slash Coderan. It's 
you know what? I think I'm getting better at this thing, and I'm playing way more fun games. I've been playing this game called Loop Hero lately that I play offline, too, because it's so much fun. But we just beat a bunch of games, and we got a bunch of games coming out. I'm not going to belabor that point. I also want to uh, plug on behalf of one of our other friends. Uh, she was on the podcast before. You might know her band, Harmony Woods. They just released their third album. How old is she now? Like 22, 23, Sophia? And this is their third album? Yeah, I think she's like 21. Yeah. Surprise release this album, and it's fucking It was awesome. a surprise release. I already bought the album, so I kind of want the merch. It's um, Grateful... I don't even remember the name of the album yet because I haven't even. I think it's called Grateful Rage. Grateful Rage, yes. I knew it was something of that uh, emotion, but you know, I also have been smoking during the episode. Uh, <laughs> and I also had some wider point about Phoebe Bridgers, but it really is just don't be a, a fucking loser. Um, actually, I do want to do make a point about Phoebe Bridgers real quick since we did bring this up though. Is um, SNL's uh, like had such a history of like people doing crazy shit that I literally at Phoebe Bridger's second song, I turned and said like, I, she's going to do something crazy. Something's going to happen. Like I knew it was coming and I literally don't want to hear shit about Phoebe Bridgers until we go through the entire catalog of people doing anything they shouldn't have at SNL. Cause they never got shit. I feel like Phoebe Bridgers is like the uh, white woman version of Lil Nas X. Like she's very good at like harnessing outrage yeah. and like being online and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the the biggest outrage SNL ever had was legitimately uh, Sinead O'Connor. She wrote the picture of the Pope, which that's gonna piss people off. But she's like the only other woman to go on there and do something and like like grab all this attention compared to like these guys who've done like fucked up things all the time and they don't care. I can't believe Diddy had well, a guy Ash just... Ashley Simpson also. Oh, yeah. She... Ashley Simpson got a lot of... Yeah, attention. well, I didn't really consider that to be a performance on her part. <laughs> um, I do really like uh, Diddy having the guy come to do Diddy Dirty Money and have the one guy just keep saying, when you're in the club, get your ass on the floor. And that's the only line he said. <laughs> that's Diddy shit. Anyway, that's all I have. Bobby, I believe that's all you have, but I want you to give us our final word because Neuratica's back, baby. What you got for us? Uh, final word. Read the uh, Thomas Cromwell series by Hil Hilary Mantel. Ooh, I'll have to look into Good that. Books. That sounds great. All right, bye guys. Bye. Good to be back. <laughs>